and welcome to the 250, the podcast where nature made me a freak. I'm Douglas, and with me as always is my co-host, Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? I'm doing good. How are you, Douglas? <laughs> so, I put some very weird cadence mm. on that one. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why, but you know what? Yeah. If this is your first time tuning into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020, and have begun watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie, number 214, Logan. 2029, in an X-Men universe where mutants are all but extinct, Logan, previously known as Wolverine, takes care of an aging and withering... I was trying to do that without (coughs) needing to breathe in. That was bad. 2029, in an X-Men universe where mutants are all but extinct, Logan, previously known as Wolverine, takes care of an aging and withering... Oh, fucking hell. 2029, in an X-Men universe where mutants are all but extinct, Logan, previously known as Wolverine, takes care of an aging and withering Professor X, where Logan hopes they can hide away for the rest of their days. Logan's plans uprooted when a young mutant arrives at this pufu- Fucking, you're kidding. Oh, you had it! 2029, in an X-Men universe where mutants are all but extinct, Logan, previously known as Wolverine, takes care of an aging and withering Professor X, where Logan hopes they can hide away for the rest of their days. Logan's plans are uprooted when a young mutant arrives that is being pursued by dark forces. Logan is directed by James Mangold, who also directed The Wolverine and Ford vs. Ferrari. Ford vs. Ferrari is in the 250, mm. so that's very interesting. Um, and was also written by James Mangold, Michael Green, who was a co-writer on Blade Runner 2049, Ooh. and Scott Frank. Oh, So you've technically had a, a run-in with a co-writer before. I've had, us a, I've had a run-in, yeah. I've oh, bloody, I've bumped into him on the street. Met, him, went, out, hey! met him outside a pub. Yeah. Bet the shit out of him. <laughs> Glassed him. Uh-huh. Um, I have seen this film before. Douglas has not. Correct. I assume you've been meaning to watch it. I feel like this was... I have. Absolutely. Yes. I remember when it first came out and I was like, oh man, I, I need to get to the theatres and watch this. Never did. One of uh, my good friends and listeners to the podcast, uh, Matthew. Um, Hi, Matthew. He, uh, Hello, Jonathan. <laughs> he also um, is a big fan of this film, um, so much so that when he bought the Blu-ray version, he made sure to get the Logan Noir version, which is the um, the black and white um, rendition of the film. The monochrome, I guess, edit. Oh, a monochrome film. cut. Oh, I don't think so, Jonathan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Of the film. Because uh, James Mangold was inspired by uh, uh, fucking Matthew Miller. Is that Mad Max? Um, I think Matthew Miller. No, oh, it's... Um, uh, Something uh, Miller. Yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, vamp, vamp, vamp. <laughs> George uh, Miller. George Miller. George Miller, thank you. Um, George Miller did a... I think it's a, I think he called it a chroma, like chroma or chrome version right. of Cut of Mad Max Fury Road, um, which is apparently a very similar sort of deal. It removed all of the colour, which is fucking stupid because that's the whole point of Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> is the colour. But anyway, yeah, I just thought that that was um, kind of interesting. That uh, I mean, right off the bat, the fact that that exists, that there is a cut of this film where it's purely black and white, I think is kind of neat. Hmm, I'm, um, I'm looking at some photos and you, yeah, hmm. I get it. It's uh, uh, and he was also inspired by uh, Jackman uh, taking lots of black and white 
um, photography while on set. Uh-huh. So, uh, Mangold apparently looked at that uh, footage and stills and went, ooh, that's kind of funky. We should do that. <laughs> He's doing a pretty good job of... Um, of I'm getting distracted now. Uh, yeah, mm. cool. I like that. Fuck, <laughs> I, I didn't know about that until now. Um, yeah, well, there you go. That's really cool. It does it, I assume mm. the noir cut comes with the regular cut, right? Or- it, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it does. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's just like, do you want to watch this in normal version or noir version? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Which, yeah, I think that'd be kind of interesting because I, I wrote down a specific note where I was like, I fucking love the color in this film Mm. um so i think it'd be interesting to see i guess it's you know same sort of deal with mad max can the film still carry itself without all of its uh color design and lighting and everything well i guess still lighting is there to some degree but um it's yeah just void of color will it still hold up Mm. interesting it, it seems like it almost uh lends itself to the kind of westerny semi-inspiration that this that Logan has yeah sort yep. of yep mm. totally um well right off the bat uh I genuinely couldn't write anything bad about this film but I don't I wouldn't give this a 5 out of 5 and that's just kind of like I mean you know or what is it 3 Michelin stars or whatever it is that's just mine um, you're not allowed to use that rating system yeah okay yeah 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 okay yeah, I wouldn't give it a perfect rating, even though I couldn't write anything bad about it, just because it's 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 a superhero film, but it doesn't quite feel that much like a superhero film. It feels a lot more grounded than most superhero films do. There's a much uh, there's a lot more emphasis on what I would think to be more human emotions, um, mm. and very uh, like there's a stronger connection to emotion and things like that than there are in i guess most superhero films which is uh kind of offset by all of the the gruesome action and stuff that's in um this film which also by the way absolutely fucking love an r-rated wolverine Mm. film 10 out of fucking 10 seeing bloody wolverine's shanks spearing through dudes heads never gets fucking old it's so good. I love it. I feel like every time they do an R-rated superhero film, it does really, really well. Although, actually, no, was, no, no, Suicide Squad was MA. I feel like may, maybe maybe that kind of means they do more of an adult appeal just because they know that's their kind of key audience. Hmm. Well, I think there are certain uh, superheroes that lean more towards... Uh, being presented to an adult audience and then there are some that lean better towards, you know, uh, um, more adolescent audience. Like, I think The Avengers is a good case in point in that, you know, there's definitely enough comedy ha-ha room there to be able to pitch it to a younger audience. Mm. Um, And uh, while there is a rather fucking complex plot um, and... Uh, motives and meanings going on throughout a lot of the Avengers films, um, you could still pick up a lot of it from, you know, base value. So I think, yeah, Avengers films pitch itself very well to to adolescents, but then you get characters like Logan, which, yeah, I think they really do deserve this treatment mm. in that 
Logan isn't the type of character that, well, you know, he the 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 yellow Wolverine is a very good Wolverine to pitch to kids because you know he's um, uh, it's fuck it, it's Wolverine. It's a comic book character. But, it's intentionally kind of sanitized. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but this specifically this Wolverine, this Logan, um, is, uh, yeah, this uh, what would you call it? Universe mythos of Logan is yeah very well pitched to an adult audience. Um, uh, I the, the the problem with the the X Men films is that they've um, they're not super well connected, and I think there's technically two mm. separate timelines. Um, I looked very briefly at the Wikipedia page because I wanted to look at the story on Caliban, the character, the albino yep. character from the start. Um, Stephen Merchant. Yes, um, yes. Excellent. Caliban. By the way, I loved him. Fucking outstanding, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I saw a timeline. I started skimming a timeline. I was like, oh, fucking... I, I, they changed their mind about halfway through... Because the mm. X Men films have never done amazingly well, they've no, ju- they've just kind of no. done fine, Which and they're just sad. Go, they'll do, and every time they'll try and do something a little bit different to try and, you know, pick crack up. the market, try yeah. and get in and go. We did it. We did a good one. Um, and and then that's led to that. Yeah, the, the kind of multiple timelines. The original, I think it's the original and the revised timeline. I, I believe is what they call them. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. That sounds about right. Yeah. I, I, anyway, that all aside, that's fine because it doesn't really matter mm. with this film. There's mm. two characters that you need to know. You don't need to know Caliban. Yep. That's fine. His whole story yep. is kind of explained in the film. Mm. Uh, and then everyone else is, you know, obviously not new, new, but they're new according to the kind of the storyline. Yeah, to the, the mythos. Yeah. Um, I actually rate the X-Men franchise a lot. I I enjoy a lot of it. Um, there's a lot of I think there's really a lot of great actors that have um, taken part in the X Men franchise. Um, I mean, one of them coming up right in Logan, who has been playing this character pretty much since its inception in the um, on screen. Um, Sir Patrick Stewart. Uh, I have a great respect for him as an actor and uh, performer. He um, started it out with uh, Royal Shakespeare Company. Well, I think started out. You know he. Um, ran with the Royal Shakespeare Company for a long time and I actually have been watching a, um, a documentary in learning to understand and perform Shakespeare and there's fucking Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Ian McKellen and David Suchet and all of these fucking heavy-hitting actors and actresses all just teaching me how to do fucking Shakespeare and I'm like, this is the best time! <laughs> um and uh, yeah, I think yeah, Patrick Stewart is a incredible actor, um, and I, the whole cast here is mm. phenomenal. Everyone is very um, aware of their characters and their backstories. Um, and I mean, Hugh Jackman has been looking after the title of Wolverine um, again since its inception on the screen. He's very well accommodated with the character and what it's what he's supposed to do, um, and. Uh, fits fits this role perfectly. Um, fits this version of Logan so perfectly. Mm. Um, as does Sir Patrick Stewart, he fits the version of Professor X equally as perfectly. Um, that kind of yeah, withering and borderline senile yeah. um, Professor X is um, 
wonderful. And same with James Mangold. You know, he's uh, he directed um, the Wolverine, so he, which was by all accounts an absolute flop. Um, and so I guess seeing him directing. Uh, another Wolverine film, everyone must have been going, oh, fuck me, you know, like, this one's going to be a bit of a shit one as well. But then, yeah, fucking, I, this is definitely the best X-Men film out there. Mm. Um, But I find that hilarious in that they've been trying so hard to expand those timelines that you were talking about, especially the revised timeline now. Um, But the film that is the furthest removed from that timeline is the best film in the X-Men cinematic universe. I find that very uh, comical. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, oh, we finally made people pay attention to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and um, and uh, Professor X. And, and they're dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those characters are now dead. I, uh... <laughs> was there any talk of it it very much feels like a closing the curtain on the characters type thing for those actors anyway absolutely it wouldn't surprise yep. me if if Hugh Jackman wasn't going to reprise his role for Wolverine in any new X-Men films which I assume they're going to keep trying to do because it's it's a really cool um uh uh, uh IP character um yeah, there's, yeah absolutely there's you know extremely popular TV shows and stuff, but for some reason, the the films have always felt... It's got the same problem as the DC ones do, I think, where they're trying to be a, a bit more serious than the Marvel films, but mm. not as serious as Logan. And I feel yes. like... yeah. Like, you can't have a series of Logans. You just... You've got a Logan film, and it... There, there is the question of how much the film is just a really good film and how much it's benefiting from being a strong contrast to other yep. superhero films, which I, which I don't think is yep. a it's it's more of a philosophical question than a um than a criticism, yeah, I guess. than a criticism, yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, you, I think. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, <laughs> you, you. <laughs> we do this all the fucking time. We both like we're both too polite. <laughs> um. I uh I kind of get like I would like the X Men cinematic universe to be uh like a a X Men cinematic X Men X Men cinematic universe to be similar to the Watchmen. I really like the Watchmen's approach to that story and its setting and um the the style of Watchmen mm. is really cool. Um, I mean, fucking sue me people who don't like uh, the, the Watchmen uh, film. Fucking TV series. Can't at me on that one. The TV series is sick. And I oh, love there, everything about it. Is there a TV it. series of, of Watchmen? Yes. Uh. And it's amazing. Um, uh, it takes takes a little bit to get on its feet and get going. But once it takes off, yeah, it's fucking so good. Every actor in that is phenomenal. And it's the best... Uh, presentation of that uh, The Watchmen story in a most succinct package I've seen. I feel um, like... I always... Um, uh, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt you now. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I feel like you've got your Watchmen and the other one that comes to mind is The Boys, which is the... I think it's a Netflix show, um, which is... It's about... Both of these are kind of applying the superhero 
concept, the real world, oh, and yes. seeing how this all works. Yeah. I feel like, like they're obviously, it's kind of like The Walking Dead, where you, you get to a point and you're like, it's not about the zombies, it's not about the superheroes, it's just about people, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's not, like, where you want X-Men to be for an extended series of films. They are still... True. Hmm. Cool, actiony films like a series. You hmm. know, it's 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 not trying to like Watchmen had the very strong intention of of doing that. Of you know, here's a bunch of superheroes, and uh, but what happens when you know you've got a om, om, omniscient, omnipresent character dude who Being. who yeah. is a you know applied to the real world blah 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 mm. I, th- I think okay I think what I like about the Watchmen is the the um, the the real world challenges that it poses so like and the implications of those challenges so mm. like yeah Dr. Manhattan the implications of a Dr. Manhattan type being in real life yeah um, and then the um, uh, the the giant squid looming over fucking Manhattan or whatever in the sky um, where, you know, it rains tiny squids every now and then because there's a giant fucking squid hanging over the city. Um, shit like that is, yeah, I don't know. It's just such a, a quirky concept that really gels in, like, this really nice spot in my brain where I'm like, it's still uh, set in a realistic kind of sense, but it still gives you that, like, levity and uh, of... You know, he's a little bit of fantasy freedom. Um, mm. uh, yeah, which I really enjoy. And yeah, I think, as you were saying, X-Men takes itself a little bit too seriously sometimes. Um, but Logan takes itself seriously in a way that works. Logan takes itself really seriously. Whereas X-Men and, mm. the, and the recent DC films are still trying to work out where they want to sit on the silly, serious scale. Um, yeah. And it, I still don't entirely understand how the Marvel films did so well. I think they just went full in on like children's appeal. Um, I guess so. Whereas mm. you've got you've got your silly films like your kick asses and stuff. Uh, mm. I don't know. Yeah, that 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 kind of thing, but it's still a very adult focus. And I think you only end up yeah. with a huge mass appeal if you market it to children, basically, which yeah. still yeah. is totally fine for a fucking X-Men. It's it's a comic book, you know? It's for kids, mm. really. So... Yep. yep. Anyway, I feel mm. like we've um <clears throat> we've kind of diverged. Yeah, shit, we've had a bit of a, a pre-spoiler chat for like 20-odd minutes. So you go, uh, if you haven't seen Logan, you've fucking... You've booked in on this one. You've had a good time. <laughs> um, also, I completely... Uh, just, you know, as an aside before we... Um, Carry on. Uh, the boys. I'd completely forgotten about that. Thank you for bringing that back up because I, uh, I remember seeing a thing on it and I was like, "Oh, I want to check that out." And then, yeah, proceeded to completely forget about its existence. Um, Carl Urban's looks pretty fucking sick in it, mm. and it's uh, number seventy nine in IMDb's top rated TV. Ooh. So, um, yeah, interesting. I'll have to go take a peek at it. It's only seventeen episodes as well, so that's pretty. Um, uh, smash outable manageable yes yeah it's been mm. something that I've been aware of but I have not sat down and watched it um, mm. I'll have to I'll take a peek at it and let you know if it's uh, anything to um, 
you know. If it's any good. Bat an eyelid at. <laughs> good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Really brought it home. <laughs> Handled it. Um, well, I guess, do we want to go into spoiler town then yeah yeah well let's uh let's head over into spoiler town let's get that hugh jackman scream <laughs> thanks you he screams a lot thanks he screams you. a lot in this film he doesn't scream that much um, he's like he's very um just like he has one guttural fucking scream right at the beginning which i love that's true he's got a lot of like sore pained screams like yes growl yeah. noises he does scream a lot. I always liked the, I liked the the Wolverine um before he gets the what is it the um adamantium uh claws mm. and before that and he has bone claws mm. and whenever the bones would be like pushing out of his skin and he just be going like because <laughs> like it's really fucking painful yeah um. I, I think that's another thing that the X-Men tackles a lot is the, the pain of being a, a, you know, a superhero mm. or like someone with superpowers. I think it's a very neat concept. There's, while you get a superpower, there's always a downside to having that superpower. Mm. Um, and, you know, for Logan, it's his, like, his sense of immortality um, and the the actual pain of having these fucking claws that pop out of his goddamn knuckles. Um, Professor X, it's, you know, I could literally kill the whole fucking world if I wanted to, or if my brain wanted to. Yeah. Um, I could send the whole world into a fucking shutdown. Um, uh, which also, another very cool thing, which I think is done in the comics. I don't think it's a a new thing. Um, Professor X having dementia. I really like that Mm. as a concept. The world's most dangerous brain becoming the most dangerous thing i think is a really really interesting concept yeah um interesting like he's combo. a bit of a walking fucking bomb yeah yeah as i said earlier um sir patrick stewart absolutely fucking nails um professor x like all of his you know dementia riddled madness and then the also the sorrow that he has for like everything that's happened in the past all of the there's there's a couple of inferences i think you have to make about what's actually happened <clears throat> prior to the film beginning in their little uh, 2029 universe but mm, it's cool it's uh yeah it's uh kind of fucking heartbreaking for anyone who might have dealt with someone with a degenerative brain disease it's like yeah it's yeah. very rough but it also mm. like once again that's your you've got your two main characters that are both uh suffering and dying basically They're both dying yeah and you're and they want out dealing with them in very different ways uh mm. it also yes yeah it's also the um i'm trying to think of other examples of this i know there have been other ones your your kind of story where uh oldish guy like 50 60 year old guy you know like weathered uh, uh done with the world type person meets a young girl and is forced to become a father, like a father figure. You've got your The Last of Us. The Last of Us, obviously. It's come up a bunch of times recently. Like like in Absolutely, the last yeah. since The Last of Us. And I don't think The Last of Us was the mm. first one to really have that idea, but it really tackle that story, no, definitely. It, it was a very but definitely big deal. brought it to the mainstream. Mm. And it was the, it was the same thing. I, I guess you could maybe 
look at that as a criticism as it being a bit um unoriginal at this point but then hmm. again but I, yeah unoriginality it, yeah, of like large scale plot points is not a great criticism yeah. given that we have almost 100 mm, years mm. of film now yeah and given that probably a lot of this stuff was set in comic books fucking years and years before the last of us even got put to pen and paper and yeah mm. i think it's a bit unfair to judge it uh like that but mm. um I mean, uh, we could just uh, shoot right from the fucking top. The The initial opening scene, I think, is a great tone setter for mm. the whole film. Um, and uh, just Jackman getting the shit kicked out of me with that fucking shotgun and then slowly pulling himself back up. But I liked, I liked the fact that it was set so early that he's recovering a lot slower yeah. than what we've seen him in previous films. Mm. Like... If he got blasted with that shotgun in, like, the Wolverine or whatever, the Wolverine film, um, you know, he would have been, like, <laughs> sucked up the bullets and then, whoop, back up to his feet. I'm ready. Um, but, yeah, he's, like, you know, he's lying on the ground and we still see, like, the wounds there. And we're like, oh, man, jeez, pull it together. Mm. And then I love the bit where he snaps. The bit where Hugh Jackman, as a fucking, like, actor snaps and just loses his shit is so good um i i uh, i I adore in that scene where he's just like no 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 not the car and they're just like shooting at the car and he's like running in front of it so the bullets hit him instead (laughs) 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 um yeah oh the 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 whole fight in that uh sequence as well is amazing the color design of all that there's like the uh, the blue of the uh, electronic billboard that's near them. Mm. Um, uh, and yeah, I think you briefly touched on it, but all of the, the Western kind of implications of the film, the references and things in both story and substance. Mm. Um, there's a lot of great, um, yeah, just Western-y vibes. It's, it's last man stand, you know. Um, Logan is completely aware that he's dying and he wants to fucking die. Um, but I think there's still some deep set part of Logan that wanted to do something good with his life before he finally, um, uh, kicked the bucket. And I feel like his good thing was going to be looking after Professor X until he died peacefully. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, that all kind of gets flipped upside down when X-23 bloody, uh, Wombles in. Wombles onto the stage. Uh, oh. Our aforementioned daughter figure character comes in, mm. who uh-huh. uh, pretty good. I wonder how old she was actually. I didn't look that up. She was supposed to be what, like, like ten, like yeah, something ten like? to twelve, something like that. So, um, three yeah, I thought she was really good. Um, I mean, she doesn't start talking until about you know, like an hour and a half into the mm. film, but, um, which I also, I don't mind, you know, I actually wouldn't have minded if she just didn't talk for the whole thing, like right up until, okay, big spoiler warning, um, right up until the point where Logan dies. I wouldn't have even minded if she just, you know, was completely silent until then. Mm. I thought that would have been a nice, powerful moment for her to start talking. But that being said, I like her snap into starting to talk where she just starts 
fucking like That's ranting her mouth scene. off at him so um, in in Spanish, and he's just like, "Stop, stop!" <laughs> like it's it's like he set off an alarm clock, and he doesn't know how to turn it off. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she was uh, twelve when when it was released. Hey, so she was it. probably probably ten or eleven when it was being filmed. Ah, okay, right, yep. Uh, mm. She is the daughter of British actor Will Keane and Spanish actress, theatre director and writer Maria Fernandez Ake. Aki? Ake? Aki? A-C-H-E. And I think this is one of... Yeah, this is her second film. She was in a TV wow. series for a bit. Hmm. Has she done anything post-Logan? She was in a show called Anna, Anna, and... In the His Dark Materials TV series. Ah, there you go. So uh, she's gone on to do some cool stuff. She's doing some other That's stuff. Good. Given that she good is on only, I think, 16 now. You know? Yeah, fuck. Oh, she, so, she's the leading role in the His Dark Materials. His Dark TV Materials, fucking hell. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's a good way to jumpstart your career. For, for a 11-ish year old, excellent yeah. performance. Look, really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of depth and um, uh, kind of I think subtext that X twenty three has to carry, mm. and yeah, she does a really good job of it. Um, in yeah, making sure that all of that is uh conveyed. I actually knew who Caliban was before he was even introduced as Caliban. Um, I knew that uh of the the mutant seeking mutant, um, you know the one that. Uh, I I think the canon that they were going for in this universe is that uh, Caliban helped seek out all of the mutants and uh, wipe them off the face of the earth, um, then felt incredibly shit about it. Um, and uh, in order to kind of uh, repay um, his, or, you know, repent for his sins, um, he uh, signs up with Logan and helps him look after Professor X. But, uh, yeah, as soon as I saw fucking Stephen Merchant, I was immediately sold, because I just love Stephen Merchant in absolutely fucking anything. Um, gorgeous man. And at first I was like, can he play this character? And then by the time we got through like the first scene of like him properly talking, I was like, yeah, he could play this character. Yeah, he can do just fine. <laughs> he, he is a guy who is particularly good at acting fucking miserable. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's a that's the Stephen Merchant trademark. Yeah, I think that's any comedian's trademark. Is that isn't that interesting that comedians can do funny ha ha like really funny ha ha mm. and then absolutely fucking clinically depressed like they can do both ends of those spectrum very very well. Miserable um, sod. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know. This might be a. A bit of a, a downer, but maybe a lot of comedians are actually very sad. <laughs> fuck um, <laughs> fuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking hook that Indian, drag you down into the depths. This is already a sad enough movie. I, I, I yeah. I didn't want to mention it in the pre-spoilers because, um, because mm. I didn't want to kind of allude to the ending. But holy shit, that ending was rough. I was. I've seen this film already, and. I'm just sitting there. It's 11 o'clock. I'm on a Saturday. There's people walking past my house going to the fucking farmer's market and I'm just like, oh, just like crying. Yo. Uh, the, um, 
Donald Pierce's death, the bit where the kids are all standing over him and using all their powers on him, mm. that shit gave me nightmares. I shit you not. Because, like, there's that... There's one, like, final shot of him that's, like, slowly pulling away and the roots are all kind of, like, grabbing mm. onto him, but mm. his head's all kind of, like, tweaking out and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's just... It's just quiet, and there's just, like, just his body, like, writhing amongst the roots and everything. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. I mean, like, the most justifying death to his character, yeah. by the way. P- uh, Donald Pierce's character, who by- also I thought was very good. Very good, yes. Um, I thought he was an awesome balance to Logan and to their whole team. Um, I thought he was a very nice uh, kind of... Not too whimsical, mm. not too like, yeah, not that like level of whimsical, but like he still he was sinister, but not so much so that he was like you know uh, fiddling with twirly moustache sinister. Yeah, yeah. Um, he wasn't he wasn't Richardy e. Grant, uh, Doctor Rice, sinister. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I didn't dislike him, but he felt very much like a um. It was very like, it's a superhero film. <laughs> we need a lab guy. Or actually, no, you know what it is? It's an X-Men film. We mm. need a lab guy. Yes. Um, we need a lab guy who wants to pick on mutants. Because I feel like that's a very common thread in X-Men films. He um, seemed like the, the kind of vibe you get from an Imperial officer in the Star Wars series. He's just like... Yo, Cartoonishly true. like mean and evil and like... Like very prop, prim and proper looking clothing. Yeah, and, you know. yeah. Um, yeah, he was fine. I guess, I guess you kind of needed him there to kind of expand on it a bit more. I guess. I guess. Mm. 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 I think you know. I think it was fine. I, I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. dislike him. I did, I did like. Uh, what was the Pierce? No, yeah, Pierce. No, yeah, Donald Pierce is the the dude oh. with the robot arm is Donald Pierce. Donald Pierce. Okay. Oh, uh, acted by Boyd Holbrook. Mm. Who, I don't think I've seen him before. He was in, oh, oh. Yeah, the Pro- the I haven't remake. seen him before. Who was in Gone Girl? Um, anyway, yes, really yeah, good. he was. Loved the little mm. robot hand. The robot hand was like, excellent. Cool and- addition that was like, never really explained yeah. at all. Like, it's just kind of there. We don't really talk about it, which I, I also liked. I liked that they didn't have the, Fucking, I fought a mutant once and I lost my arm and that's why I hate mutants. Like, we didn't have that moment. It was just like, he's just got a robot arm. We're not going to talk about it. You guys are just going to accept it. And that's how the lay of the land is. And I feel like Logan does that a lot. Yeah. Uh, The film does a lot of these things where it just goes, it lays down the gambit and goes, this is what's happening and you can question it, but we're not really going to tell you too much about it. So just fucking go with it. <laughs> I feel like the film benefits a lot from only using uh, your kind of Wolverine-esque powers, which are, I guess, th- there's like a scale to your kind of believability of of a superhero where a guy with mm. like spikes in his hands and he's like very strong is a bit easier to kind of get your head around than someone who like breathes ice or something. Um, yeah. And you've got, yeah, like a, a mind reader guy, a very strong spike guy, and then your main villain is just a dude with a robot hand, you know. Uh, with a robot hand and a bunch of fucking mercenaries. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, 
that lends itself to a lot of everything. Your action scenes benefit a lot because everything that's being done in CGI is stuff that CGI does pretty well. So your kind yeah. of hard body yep. stuff primarily, um, as well as, you know, people getting cut up in blurry motion, which tends <laughs> to tends to work just fine. I think we've got a lot of experience with that kind of stuff in the CG mm. world. Um, yep. uh, and I think that was like... It's, it feels very nitpicky, but that was one of my bigger complaints is that as soon as they start kicking in the other mutants and that, like, yeah, your, like, ice breath lady and thing like, things like that, yeah. it's, it's like that, that effect looked a little off, I guess. Mm. Mm. I, but And it, it does get very, like, you know, I can get, that is the whole kind of point of X-Men is that there are lots and lots and lots and lots of mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's very kind of integral to the story and that Professor X wants the mutant, uh, kind of, I guess, race to continue. Um, he wants there to be more. He's, that's always been his, uh, his ethos, his MO is that there needs to constantly be new blood and new life. Um, which was his whole point of building the school was Mm. to, you know, um, uh, kind of harbor that. Uh, talent and help them to understand their skills and everything completely get all that but it really like it does the it's what does this mutant do what does this one do like you know it gets a little bit like that i yeah Um, i I don't know unfortunately unavoidable i think i don't know what it is in a film like that but there is yeah as soon as you see that there was something in me that was kind of like yeah like you're just like oh it's a film (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's that was the unique part of it that compared mm. to your marvel films where it's just like he's just two dudes who have like mutant powers and it's fine for them to be other yeah. ones but i think i think it was that that uh, uh it, it was really lucky they didn't have an explicit avengers civil war bit where it's just like here are all the people and all their powers and then they do a big power off yeah. thing I think I I that's my problem with a lot of the kind of uh, middle timeline Avengers films where they get to something like that and my brain just switches off and I'm like I don't care yeah. anymore I stop yeah. caring this is just for the Flash whereas um, all the fight scenes are you know directly related to related to the story um, that sounds a bit no like well a bit I think nippity, they're all. But- no, 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 no. I no, absolutely. I get where you're coming from. Um, I think all of the fight scenes are in service of nine times out of ten, they're trying to get away. <laughs> like, yeah, they or... don't want to be there. They are like they these people are in their way, and they know that they are hostile, so they have to push through that force to get mm. away. Mm. Um, that's where all the action scenes come from. I think the whole bit with the um, with the farm is fucking heartbreaking. Oh. Oh god, the 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 scene of them having that nice dinner mm. and then the pan out the window to like the cars pulling yes. up nearby. It's like oh happiness is just so fleeting for them. Like yeah. it's so it's only ever there for the briefest of moments and then it's just gone like a fucking leaf in the wind. Like it's yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. Um Kind of uh, touching back to the uh, the beginning again. I thought the a limo getaway was something new and mm. cool. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a limo 
stunt drive getaway sequence, let alone in a fucking like dusty desert kind of uh, abandoned thing. Yeah, yeah, abandoned power planty industrial setting. I thought that was fucking sick. That whole thing, I really liked the um, uh, when he hit the fence for starters, hilarious. Uh, yes, so good. But yeah, also yeah. them, yeah, him pulling the fence away and then like whipping it around and getting people using with it. that. Extremely, extremely unique. Fucking really, cool. really good. Yeah. Really loved that. Yeah. Um, and you know, good tense scene. Uh, mm. you kind of have you worked out that she's like a mutant yet? At that point, I don't think you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, she comes out with uh the dude's head and rolls yeah. it towards Donald and then they all they all start uh, she starts walking towards them and then Donald's like you know fucking chill out chill out chill out chill out chill out and then <laughs> she finally loses her shit and the claws come out and then you ch- I love Hugh Jackman's first reaction to when he sees her like go for like a little baby Wolverine yeah. mode and then he's like oh fuck <laughs> it's me shit <laughs> I, I wonder how much um wire work and stuff must have happened or like because she does a repeated thing where she'll jump on someone and then like do like a almost like a judo move or something and like flip yeah, them over yeah i think that happens mm. you know four or five times it happens in most of the fight scenes i wonder how much of that is like we've just got to wire these guys up and how much of it is well, that's something you can get an actor to kind of like the it's like the same thing with the the neck breaking effect is basically yes, yeah a, a stunt actor will the person getting their neck broken will completely drive that net breaking like stamp the, thing cool. just for their yeah, own safety yeah. um i wonder how much of it is like these guys are stunt actors and they can just like flip themselves over onto their back with like her hang i it's it was sorry i'm getting lost they can't do that no 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 they can do stuntmen definitely can like if they've got especially someone as fucking like tiny as the, mm. the um stunt doubles and stuff that are uh, working in place of Daphne Keane, um, yeah, they totally would be able to just fucking toss themselves around. Mm. But I think that's... It's also, like, I I call it the Wolverine jump. There's, like, a very specific, uh, you know, way that, like, Wolverine leaps into the air with, like, you know, claws out and then shanks himself into someone. Yeah. Um, happens all the time in all, of, like, the, the, the films where Wolverine is present. And there's always, like, a... Uh, a um a shot that follows him leaping through the air and then landing in whoever he's um spearing into yeah um it's and yeah it totally looks like he's wired but I think that's just like it's ugh it always feels like it's paying homage to like that uh you know the Wolverine jump they're like it it looks kind of dorky and weird but like that's just what it is now so I, we're just I... gonna keep doing that. I never felt like it looked too wired. That was that was the real thing. That's yeah, why yeah. if if it was obviously wired, I would have just said that. Yeah, but it was like- kind of like <laughs> I was like, I wonder how they did that, basically. Mm, mm. Um, and they, you know, Hugh Jackman spends a lot of his time. There's not much jumping going on from old Hugh. He's kind of just like running yeah. at people and stabbing him and stuff. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> The bit in the casino where he's just like going through and just stabbing every guy in oh, the room, like methodically. In the seizure. Oh, oh my god! So good. Oh. So so good. Oh. That um, a uh, bit of trivia that I didn't actually put in my um, uh, my notes for later on, but uh, 
good one to still talk about is in that that second scene where Charles has his uh, second seizure in the casino. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in order to give the effect that Hugh Jackman was being, you know, pulled back by the or blasted back by the um, by Charles's seizure, mm. um, they uh, were going to. Um, uh, just let Hugh Jackman just, you know, act it. They were like, you know, just just act like you're being pulled back. Mm. And then it wasn't looking realistic enough, apparently. So they actually tied up fucking Jackman's wrists and stuff and had people, like, fucking burly-ass dudes pulling on ropes to pull Hugh Jackman back through, like, the whole fucking scene. And mm. I think that's a phenomenal level of dedication <laughs> to, like, getting that... A uh, real look of like you know he's really pushing to to try and get to. I, um, I think it does really work. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, the idea of like having to look like you're kind of leaning forward into something when there's nothing there mm. has got to be really really difficult. Otherwise, it's got to be fucking tough. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, the, the whole all of those seizure scenes I thought were fucking fantastic. Mm. Um, the sound design of it, the the shooting, just the idea. I think I I love everything that they do with Professor X in this film. It's so good. Um, the again the idea of the most dangerous brain being uh you know having all of these afflictions and ailments. I mm. think is just yeah such a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um and. And just the how somber Patrick Stewart is, like yeah. when they're pushing him out of the casino and everyone's like vomiting and on the ground and stuff, and he's just like, "I'm sorry, I'm so sorry," yeah. and I'm like, "Baby." <laughs> <laughs> um, he's oh, he's guy. definitely yeah. Uh, his little talk to the not Wolverine, um, it's mm. heartbreaking. Uh, mm. and he's just kind of, ah, uh, yeah. It acted impeccably, basically. Ah, across the board. Yeah, yeah. Everyone fucking fits their roles so, so perfectly. Mm. Um, there was some really, I thought there was some really good comedy beats as well. Not too many, but just a couple. Mm. Um, the, uh, uh, I need a pee from yes. um, so Patrick good. Stewart in the so backseat. <laughs> I need a pee. <laughs> um, and then following right on from that, like it was almost like bam, bam in these um two moments. But the bit where um, uh, the dude is asking uh X twenty three to pay for uh you know like the glasses and the Pringles can and the drink that she's got and everything, and then she just like judo flips into the ground, is about to shake him, and then you Jack comes in and he's like, not okay. <laughs> <laughs> he she takes the stuff. Judges. <laughs> takes the stuff anyway, but. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Takes a phone charger as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so funny. Uh, I guess just some little extra thoughts. I, it's it's kind of a, it feels like a cheat using like neon and reflections and stuff, but the scene with her looking through yeah. the window in I mm. assume is Los Angeles was like really, really cute. Like just like yep. a nice shot, like from, from a video standpoint. Um, mm. The I think they probably could have gone a little further with the futuriness, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, well, I I actually didn't mind that it wasn't too futury because twenty twenty nine is not that far away, no. and I like I like the the presentation of like it's just futury enough. Like the the trucks are all automatic. 
the and the the limo is like the lip the Chrysler limo looks a little bit fucking fancy and a little bit fruity. Mm. Um, and then the uh, electronic billboard as well looked a little bit more kind of Blade Runnery. But beyond that, like there's nothing really too high tech, and I actually really liked that because, mm. as I said, yeah, 2029 is not that far away. And we, where I don't think anyway, I don't think we're about nine years off of getting automatic fucking trucks. Maybe fucking uh, yeah. Anyone who's listening, listening about decades time, we do have automatic trucks. Uh, feel free to come knock on my door and um, tell me I'm a fuckhead. Um, but yeah, I don't think we're that uh, close to that kind of technology. So um, yeah, I didn't mind it. I think. Um uh more just things like yeah i'm definitely nitpicking again but things like clothing and stuff is mm. was very 2010 styling 2015 styling yeah, whatever totally um yeah. Mm. but yeah i love i love the auto trucks i love the it yeah it is very subtle where they'll go like this is something uh a little futury and i'll just kind of drop that in um just to that- remind you of the time but yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. And things like, you know, the phones, Without really the phones could have Blade been Runner. A, could have been a bit cooler. Uh things mm. like that, but it, it is also like it it's I feel like it's easier to go like depict the world in 40 years or whatever, 50 years. Uh mm. the the tech, the future technology, but it's like depict the world in 10 years. That mm. seems a lot tougher because mm. you're right, it's probably not going to be that much different. Uh, mm. And there's a lot mm. of trends you can kind of see, but there's also a bunch of stuff that, you know, things will probably take a hard left turn somewhere and there'll be something that yeah that we're going to have in 2029 that came out in 2025 and we go, how do we mm. live with so long without this? Like, how do we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, uh, kind of cutting back to um, uh, the 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 farm scene um i there's i was not expecting it but i'm very happy it's in this film hugh jackman kicking the shit out of himself <laughs> um absolutely fucking here for it mm. i thought uh who was it x24 i think is what they just call uh, him x24 the, yeah 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 the um the the clone of him is uh oh that was great it was a a nice little final hurrah for hugh jackman to get to play like old school Wolverine as well as like decrepit Wolverine, which yeah. I thought was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, he's, fu- he's terrifying. Um, uh, when the, the, the way that Hugh Jackman was able to portray both the terrifying X 24 and then, yeah. Uh, Logan, I thought was, yeah. Very clever. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, not very chatty, which probably makes playing X 24 a bit easier. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Not too many lines. Just, but put your fists on things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've done it. You've done it a million times Punch before stuff. in, uh, in other ones. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I think there's. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Really, the only negatives I can give at the moment are just like nitpicky things. There's like the bit um, near the end where Laura goes, oh, you took all the medicine and now it's wearing off. And I'm like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> yeah, and then someone yeah, says that again. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we get it. We know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, the, the excuse for the the Wolverine cut and, uh, you know, the beard and haircut that mm, he gets. Mm-hmm. I love the, 
the in-world excuse for him getting that is the kids fucking with him. That is really good. like, hee hee hee, we made you Wolverine because you're Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was very nice because, you know, that gets him back into that, you know, it's how he started. He started out like that. He's going out like going that. Going out like I that. that was very nice. Um, uh, uh, I, I actually, I've got more notes on that final one. I love how just partway through... He just, like, has... I forget what the reason was, but he just has a gun. <laughs> it's just yeah, like... Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to make this. And he just goes, blat, blat. <laughs> just gets to yeah. Um <laughs> And that... There's, oh, there's a little, like, western tinge to the music as they're, like, nearing the end. I mm. think... I think that was intentional. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. the very final, like, Logan stabbed on the tree root and then X-24 mm. with, like, his head just going, like, boom, and, like, a hole coming out of it. Yeah. Whereas, like, both of those are just, like, the kind of visceral ending that the film really uh, needed to go, like, all right, now we're cutting so off the violence satisfying. here. We're shooting yep. our shot, yep. literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, Logan's death in general is just very well orchestrated. Oh. And um, it's fucking... Uh, X, X-23 going daddy was something that mm. I was not expecting. And I went, ow, stop, no! <laughs> Uh, that, so this is what it feels like is an intensely oh, good yeah. final yeah. line from a character. Holy oh, shit. Yeah, from a character like Logan. Yeah. yeah that's the best line. That you, and yeah, Jackman delivers it perfectly. <gasps> um, and then following right on from that, the bit where they bury him and then uh, they're walking away, but then she comes back and she tilts the thing and turns it into an X. Um, I was like, a little bit cringe, but I'm also, like, supremely here for it. I yeah. think that that's, you know, it's it's the perfect send-off to the whole fucking film. Yeah, um, exactly. To, it's, it's such a, yeah, celebration of... Celebration and send-off of two characters, Professor X and Wolverine. Um, and, yeah, it sends off both of those characters exceedingly well. Yeah. Yeah. Bon voyage, you. Mm-hmm. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> is that is that enough for a haiku? No, you need some more. I can work with it. Envoy, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, I think you're supposed to ask me when people can watch episodes, Douglas. What are you fucking talking about? Is that me? Do I just say it? Don't you say, Jonathan... Hey, Douglas. Yes, Jonathan. Have you got some trivia for us, Douglas? Oh, yeah, oh trivia. yes, I do, Jonathan. For fuck's sake. I think it's like the <laughs> second ever... time... The second film arrived on that. Ja- hey, Douglas. Have you ever fucking filmed a podcast before? Hey, Douglas. Yes, Jonathan. Do you have any trivia for us? I do have some trivia for you. You're going to make me cut out that whole bit where you forgot that we have trivia, aren't obviously, you? Obviously, obviously. Okay, well... All right. Keep this bit in, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me explaining the bit that got cut. Yeah. <laughs> That's so meta. Um, the explanation of why there are no mutants in the last 25 years in America is that high fructose corn syrup derived from genetically modified corn crops was altered and spread by Dr. Rice to specifically cause sterility and suppress the mutant gene. Two scenes in this movie allude to this. Oh. The first was when Willie Munson tells Logan about the corn while fixing the leaked pipes in the fields. The other one is when Dr. Rice mentions corn cereals to Logan at the climax. Ah, uh, okay. That I makes thought that sense. was really cool. 
Yeah, that's clever. That's a very that's a very X Men type of like creative uh, reasoning for that. It's a very X Men explanation. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very cool. This is the last movie in which Hugh Jackman will play Wolverine. He has cited his age and his skin cancer as factors in him retiring from the role. He also said that having a discussion with Jerry Seinfeld played a part in retiring the character. As Jerry talked generally about how he wanted to make sure he never got to a point with Seinfeld, where audiences were weary of seeing it anymore, saying, quote, Oh, it's you again. Jackman felt fortunate to have avoided this for Wolverine and wanted to ensure it never happened. Well... Jackman, rest assured, baby. I'll never get tired of you with metal claws skewering people's faces, turning them into shish kebabs. I'll never get tired of it. It's not like he's stopped doing films either. He's still... Yeah, not... no, he's still... Yeah. Yeah, he's still, still knocking acting. them out. Just, mm. he just, he just... Wolverine, I think, is too uh, physical a character for him to play anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, fair enough. I can understand that. Hugh Jackman stated in an interview that the only way he would reprise this role is if a crossover between Deadpool and Wolverine would happen. Both Deadpool movies have contained jokes aimed at Wolverine, and Ryan Reynolds is also close friends with Hugh Jackman. So, that would be cool. That would be cool, would, but they could they could tie that in as him just being like really oh, old and like not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> in the character. You, that would be really nice. You know Ryan Reynolds would though. Because mm. they, they constantly jab at each other on social media and stuff. So, yeah. If Ryan or, Reynolds was to write in Wolverine, it would be like that. Or just make up him to hell so he looks young again and then just, like, wire <laughs> through the fuck out of everything. Like, very <laughs> obviously, that would be cool as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking Deadpool 3. Make it happen, Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Throughout all of his portrayals of Logan, Hugh Jackman stated he learned his American accent from copying Johnny Depp. Wow. Johnny fucking Depp of all people. I had not anticipated Hugh Jackman to learn uh, his accent through, but mm. you know what? Mm. Mm. We all start somewhere. Hugh Jackman induced dehydration for 48 hours prior to filming scenes of Wolverine shirtless losing water weight. He added that the method is dangerous and no one should attempt it at home. Jackman used the same technique five years earlier to create his emaciated look for prisoner Jean Valjean in Les Miserables. Jeez, 48 hours. That's got like... I don't know how you can act like that. You gotta be, you got to be feeling pretty crap. Yeah, yeah, you gotta be feeling pretty fucking shit for those shoots. Mm. Hugh Jackman stated that while he doesn't doubt that the character of Logan will be eventually rebooted with a new actor, he has hopes for X-23 becoming the new Wolverine of the franchise, which I would not mind at fucking all. Sign me up for female Wolverine, baby. I would be 10 out of 10 here for it. That would be very cool. Wait till, um... Wait till the actor's like 18 or something yeah, and then drop Yeah, in. wait for Daphne Keane to get old enough and then, yeah, reel her back in. That would be sick. Mm, mm. Daphne Keane was 11 years old at the time of filming and so was not allowed inside the casino, even with all the correct shooting permits. So some shots were done with Keane on a green screen and some scenes were shot in the actual casino with Keane's body double, Sharami Martin, who is over 18, but of a similar build to Keane. Fucking, I love that. <laughs> Fucking hell. Imagine. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, imagine the casino being like, no, you can't. Uh, what if she gets addicted to gambling? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what if she drinks alcohol? <laughs> oh, God. 
While auditioning for the part of Laura, Daphne Keane asked director James Mangold if she could improvise her lines. After Hugh Jackman started his dialogue, Keane interrupted him by yelling at him in perfect Spanish, something that was later included in the finished movie. Her dedication for that scene during the audition was praised by Jackman and Sir Patrick Stewart. That's a fucking bold move in an audition room. That's either like, dude, she must have been banking on that working. Like... Mm. Holy shit, because, mm, mm. oh my god, I don't th- think I could even have the fucking balls as an 11-year-old to be standing in front of Hugh Jackman and, like, a a, a director of, like, a triple-A film and just Hugh Jackman starts going, and then, like, as he starts, you're just like, yeah, kudos to her. Did you, um, th- there was some minor goofs with it because she learned Spanish in Spain and there are some slight differences uh, oh, in really? the way that certain terms are used in Mexico. Oh, wow. Which is definitely not something we would have picked up, but there's probably some Mexicans no, that were like, not. I don't like, know about hmm. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might have, uh, yeah, uh, Picked up something a bit weird on the ear there. Mm. Uh, According to director James Mangold, allowing the movie to be R-rated was important, not so much for violent content, but for style. He stated, quote, For me, what was most interesting in getting the studio to okay an R rating was something entirely different. They suddenly let go of the expectation that this film is going to play for children. Mm. And when they let go of that, you are free in a myriad of ways. The scenes can be longer, ideas being explored in dialogue or otherwise can be more sophisticated. Storytelling pace can be more poetic and less built like attention span deficit theatre. Fucking from the back pocket! Sends it! That's a 10 out of 10! <laughs> what a slam dunk on attention span deficit theatre. Fucking hell. Mangold. Taking everybody to fucking church. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much everything that we were talking about as well, though, right? Like, it's... Yeah. Um, the R rating does give it... Yeah, I feel like a lot more... Target, in both, targeted yeah. at adults, obviously, and that means that hmm. you you're less likely to get people mad when it's a more thoughtful, exploratory film, I guess. Mm, mm. Mm. You're less likely to get dumb fucks in the cinema going, too slow, I didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wolverine wasn't cutting up people enough. Mm. Um, this is the first superhero movie to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. It is also the first superhero movie to be nominated for screenwriting since The Incredibles in 2004. Wow, fire up. So, yeah, fucking long time. Dude, did The Incredibles win an Oscar? Can you find that out for me while I read this next bit of trivia? Sure. Because I'm going to be very upset if they didn't. Director James Mangold confirmed that he wanted to release the Blu-ray of this movie in black and white colour format, just like director George Miller did some uh, did something similar with his chrome version of Mad Max Fury Road. He later revealed that the idea started after seeing Hugh Jackman's black and white location photographs during production stages, which is... Uh, what I covered earlier on in the podcast, but in a more uh, actual, truthful <laughs> format, rather than me going, uh, it was uh, like George Miller and when Hugh Jackman took photos. <laughs> <laughs> did they Did they win an Oscar? Do we know? Uh, the Incredibles won. Was that not won enough time? Best Achievement in Sound Editing, Best Animated Feature oh. Film of the Year. Um, yep, fair enough. And it was nominated for Best Writing, Original Screenplay. It's ri- 
Best Writing Original Screenplay and Best Achievement in Sound Mixing. What won Best Writing Original Screenplay? That is probably something that would take me a second to work out. <laughs> I'm, just oh, on the, okay. I'm just on the Incredibles IMDb. Here's me vamping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's find out. Uh, Academy Awards I might, I might 2005, and I'm looking for best writing. The Incredible. Incredibles. Oh, it's not showing me how- actual fucking awards, son of a bitch. You can just go like Oscars into IMDb, right? And then it just goes like, here's the uh, the Academy Awards. Well, I wish I'd known that before I'd before I'd gone down a different route. Hey, <laughs> uh, what route are you got down? <laughs> Where the well, fuck I went are to the, you? I went to the Wikipedia page for the seventh, 77th Academy Awards. Ah, oh, uh, fucking yeah! You don't okay, need to do that. Hold on. Uh, you can just go best. to IMDb and then there's uh it's got all of the See? um the Oscars there. Fucking I'll oh. look for it myself, you Okay, silly, fine. Silly bonch. Um was it two thousand oh Oh yeah, look, okay, fair enough. Eternal, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless yep. Mind. Yeah. The other Hotel one. Rwanda got nominated there as well. Mm. Wow. Best achievement in sound mixing. Sound mixing And before Sunset got nominated as well. Ray, which is a film I don't know, one in sound mixing. Sound mixing. Ray, yeah, huh? Hmm. I don't know that. Spider-Man Two got a nomination. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the best film of all time. <laughs> yeah. Ray, oh, it's, uh, Ray's a, yeah story of Ray Charles. Mm. Oh, and Fox. it and it won in visual effects. There you go. Against oh. Prisoner of Azkaban and iRobot. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It must have had fucking great visual effects then. Uh, I think they were pretty good. Spider-Man right. Two is Doc Ock, so I think it was actually yeah, not too bad. Oh, oh yeah, you know what? Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Wow, and uh, Clint Eastwood got it, got a little cheeky, um, uh, cheeky little Oscar snag in there too. Million Dollar Baby. I'm pretty sure Million Dollar Baby's on the list actually. It sounds familiar, um, I guess. I think we got a couple of Clint Eastwoody. Um, not, I uh, actually no. I don't think directed by Clint Eastwood, but films with Clint Eastwood uh, in them on the list. Yeah, two ten. Holy shit! It's right around the corner. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Fantastic. All right. Cool. It's, see, it all comes together. Fucking, this is a great thing about doing the two five zero. Is all of these films where like they all kind of interweave with one mm. another in the mm. weirdest of ways. It's so good. Cool. A- good actors it. and good directors and. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I love doing this fucking series. It's so much fun. Circles um, within circles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Jonathan. Yes, Douglas. Uh, when can people listen to the 250? Uh, you can listen to Unannounced, un- every- unbidded, un- <laughs> undirected. When can people listen to the 250? <laughs> It actually was this time. Um, you can listen to uh, the podcast every week. Uh, we put it up uh, every Tuesday, uh, midnight, Australian Eastern Standard Time, so Sydney, Melbourne time. Um, that comes out to about, uh, what is that, afternoon <coughs> in Europe on a Monday and morning on a Monday in America. Uh, if you want to contact us directly, you can email us at mail at 250.com and you can also check out our Instagram at 
250pod, that is T-W-O-F-I-V-E-O-H-P-O-D. Where can people listen to us, Douglas? You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Pocket Casts, Google Home, and Amazon Echo. Um, Echo. Oh, and Amazon Music. Amazon Music also. Uh, we also have personal letterboxed accounts, which is a tracking and reviewing website that we like a whole bunch. My account is Upa, that is U-U-U-P-A-H, and Douglas. Mine is I-E-N-Z-O-K-N-I-G-H-T, that's Ienzo Knight. Whack in either Upa or Ienzo Knight into the letterbox search and you'll find us, or just whack in 250, and I'm pretty sure you'll find us as well. Hmm. Um, Jonathan here writes haikus. And I write more condensed versions of what I talk about here on the 250, as well as anything else that I forgot to mention. And we're both starting to add now. Um, or I think me more so than you, but I know that... Do, have you added... Uh, have you reviewed a film on Letterboxd that you've just watched in your own spare time yet? Or I, I normally just review them with stars unless I have something important to say. Oh, okay. Something yeah. to say about it. Yeah. Right. Yep. I try, and, I try and write down my thoughts on... Hmm. Um, Every film that I watch, it's I think it's just good practice to be to be able to actually talk about the the media that I'm watching. I think is very important, hmm. um, rather than just going like it good, you know, or it bad. Um, I think it's it's good to always think a little bit more critically about you know why is it good, why is mm. it bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, very good. What are you telling me? I'm um, doing it wrong, Douglas? Huh? Sorry. No. Telling me that I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Start sweating profusely. <laughs> bullets. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, oh, I need to add to um uh, my letterbox. I recently <laughs> I rewatched um Les Miserables, um, which mm-hmm. you know we uh, briefly touched on here. Another Hugh Jackman um, one. Yes, another another Hugh Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, as a musical head, someone who performs in musicals and someone who's probably top five favorite musical is Les Miserables. Russell Crowe is an absolute stand-up comedian in that film. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it's it's so bleedingly obvious who's like a filmy actor and then a musical actor. Right, Because okay. the musical actors are just fucking sending it with their vocals. Like, they are just... Whoo, sending it to the high heavens. And then you got like Hugh Jackman and then Anne Hathaway and they are killing it in the acting game. Like mm-hmm. their emotion is so on point and so visceral. But then there's just a couple of tonal issues like while they're singing. Yeah. Um, but I would much rather sacrifice perfect pitch for true emotion, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was, yeah, Tom Hooper's idea of recording all the vocals on set was such a good idea. You definitely wouldn't have been able to get that kind of power and um, uh, raw emotion out of them if it was pre-recorded or uh, ADR'd. So, uh, yeah, it's fine. Just <laughs> every single time Russell Crowe comes on, you will laugh. <laughs> talking, talking about Anne Hathaway. Uh, yeah. The the Witches film that's coming up. The Witches? What? Yeah, the uh, was it Roald Dahl's The Witches, I believe. Oh, God, that looks tragic. I've seen a trailer for it. Um, I don't fucking care about the protagonist of the film. I just love Anne Hathaway's, like, whole vibe in all the trailers Schick. I see. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She does look, um, ah, uh, what is it? Um, like, Miss Peregrine? Like, that kind of, uh, schick? Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that that one Tim Burton film that everyone kind of forgot about. I think it's Tim oh, Burton. I watched um I watched the Corpse Bride for the first time yesterday. That, Whoa, that well. really? Yeah, I yeah, love I Corpse Bride. Might actually be my first Tim Burton film, actually. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wait. So you haven't seen Nightmare Before Christmas? Mm-mm. Christmas bonus episode locked in. Mm, yeah, that's a very good idea. I like that. Locked in. The, can, Lock okay. It in, baby. For, all right. Well, we'll, we'll end the podcast soon. But um, <laughs> I can see you being <laughs> like, "We're gonna end this shit now." Um, I'm off. The 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 Nightmare Before Christmas is like it's my favorite holiday. Like this period of the year we're now in you know october to december favorite film of this like period because Mm. it's a halloween film and a christmas film you can watch it at either time and it still works (laughs) (laughs) it's so good um i also need to rewatch um sweeney todd that's another tim burton that's on my um on my rewatch list Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fucking tragic. It's it's so bad, but it's in that it's so bad. It's good territory. So, um, just Sasha Baron Cohen is my life in that film. <sighs> <sighs> Yikes, Stanley- Maz! Stanley Tucci's mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Witches. There you go. Oh God, yeah. poor guy. <laughs> a bit of Tucci. <laughs> a little bit of the Tucci. Love love me a bit of Tucci. A little bit of Tucci. Um. Well, thank you for tuning into the 25 Tukey, and as always, uh, we look forward to seeing you again real soon. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye. I, I love how the it's now the well, you know we could do like like you know we got maybe five minutes of intro at the start, and then you've got mm. ten minutes of trivia and ten minutes of finishing up, and then ten minutes of like gas bagging about some other film. If we were explicitly hitting an hour for every episode. That's like 20 minutes left to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs>